Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of James, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 21 through 26. The book of James, chapter 2, verses 21 through 26. I want you to notice in James, chapter 2, and verse 21, or read down to verse 26. Reading to you the New King James Version Bible, follow me as I read. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? And in verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Based on what this read to you, and in our series, we've been in the series, the Word in Action series, I want to talk to you from this topic. Notice, the topic, notice my topic. Faith with works brings good. Notice this. Faith with works brings good. We have been focusing our attention on the importance of having faith and corresponding actions. We have been giving us, a, to me, a clearer image as well as a better understanding of faith and corresponding actions. We have received insights from biblical writers such as James and Paul and even Timothy in regards to receiving God's word and faith and putting his word into action. We have a deeper understanding as well as a greater awareness of what God is doing. In fact, go with me to the book of Jeremiah 3 and 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Jeremiah 3.15, why do we have this understanding that the Lord has given us, and why does he do such things as that? Well, Jeremiah 3.15 gives us a response to that. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God has been blessing us to receive, excuse me, to be fed. Fed is to be tend to, to govern, to guide, and to lead knowledge and understanding. So when God gives us this insight through the biblical writers such as James and Paul and Timothy and so forth, he's doing that because he wants to guide and to lead us into all truth. I believe that. I truly believe that. That's why it's important we have scriptures like, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. In fact, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. God wants to give us insight, revelation, help us to turn to be guided and led by the truth. 
First Corinthians 13, excuse me, First Corinthians 11 and 1, excuse me. First Corinthians 11 and 1 reads as follows. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me. We need Christ-like examples of faith to follow on this Christian journey, which is major for us. That's major. We need that. But our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is our greatest example to follow. That's why when Paul said this, he followed me or uh, imitate me as I imitate Christ, that means if I'm not imitating Christ, don't follow that example. I'm not, don't follow that example. See, with Christ, we can follow his example from Genesis to Revelation. But with people, you got to be discerned what to follow and what not to follow. Even your pastor, you got to follow me as I follow Christ. But if I ain't following Christ, you ain't got to follow that. That's bottom line. You don't have to follow that. If I'm not following Christ, you do not have to follow that. But if you see me praying, you need to be praying. If you see me uh, treating people right, you need to treat people right. Why? Because I'm following Christ when I do that. When I forgive, I'm following Christ. You need to follow that example. When I love, you say, well, that, that, ain't Do- that ain't Dobbs. That is Christ in him. That's him teaching how to love. That's the example you follow. But if I do some other stuff, you ain't got to follow that. Why? Because that's not following Christ. And see, when you deal with human beings, people in the flesh, there's going to be some examples you're going to follow and some examples you're not going to follow. That's just the way it's, go- way it's laid out. I'm going to show you that a little bit further as we go into the text. So when we see this, we have two examples that we're looking at in James chapter 2 verses, uh, in James chapter 2. Abraham and Rahab. Examples are something that serves as a pattern to be imitated or not to be imitated. Sometimes people are going to give you patterns that you should not follow. There's some examples, even in Scripture. Even when we study about Rahab and uh, Rahab and Abraham, one of the things when I was studying this, I had to make the uh, conclusion: Rahab did some stuff we can follow, and she did some stuff we shouldn't follow. Abraham did some things we should follow, and he did some things we shouldn't follow. So the biblical thing is, James wants us to follow the things that follow Christ. And so we want to follow that example because that is a blessing not only to James and the people he was writing to, but to us today here in the church realm. Are y'all following me so far? Abraham is was considered as our father in verse 21. So in James 2 and 21, he says this, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? A father is a parent, a provider, the founder of a family. Now, when we look at Abraham as our father, he is more more or less referred to as the father of our faith. And I truly believe that Abraham was a man of faith. I tell you, of all the biblical examples I see, Abraham got to be at the top of one of the lists if I'm looking for people who lived a life of faith. But then again, he brings in Rahab. Rahab was known as a harlot. A harlot is a loose woman of the streets, a prostitute, one who yields herself to the defilement for the sake of gain. So we see in verse 25, likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by words when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. While Abraham and Abraham 
excuse me, while Abraham and Rahab were from two different walks of life, the same text indicates they were justified by works. They were declared righteous, in right standing, what one ought to be in. Notice that it wasn't there, but by their what they did, they were considered there. But they did it by their works, a corresponding action to their faith, doings, deeds, and labors. Again, if God says forgive, the corresponding action is, I'm going to forgive. God did not ask my opinion, should I forgive somebody? He said, listen, it's your best interest to forgive them. Oh, forgive them. Even Jesus on the cross said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And if Jesus laid that example out for us, we should be more inclined to forgive people. Because if Jesus forgive, and I know he had a right, if anybody had a right to be in that and do what he said, I know we should forgive others as well. Well, they, they didn't ask me to forgive them, Pastor Dobbs. God didn't ask you that. He said, listen, you need to forgive because why? Christ forgave. He forgave. He forgave. And thank God that he did as well. See, I believe that our faith, his word, and his ways will unite us regardless of our differences in age, educational experience, financial status, being married, being single, and so forth. Our faith in Jesus Christ will connect us. It will join us together. It will link us together. We may come from different backgrounds, different places, and different things in life, but our trust, our confidence, our assurance in the death the burial and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will unite us. You believe that Jesus died on the cross. You believe that Jesus was buried. You believe that Jesus rose again and he's alive right now. If you believe that, that will unite us. Yeah, now if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then we might not be able to unite. If you don't believe that Jesus got up from that grave and he's alive right now, we may not be able to reunite. Because if it's not for the resurrection, we can't, we can't unite. Because I believe that Jesus is alive right now. I believe that Jesus, amen, he sits high and looks low. I believe that Jesus is moving in this sanctuary right now. I believe that Jesus can heal. I believe that Jesus can protect. I believe that Jesus can deliver. I believe that Jesus can prosper. I believe his word. And so we believe that we can unite. We can't unite. And this is what you see. If you think about it, I believe that's why James wrote this, because he knew, listen, they were, Abraham and Rahab were from different backgrounds, but both of them were justified by works. They were justified by works. I said, wow, that's powerful to me. Because one thing you read, uh, even Rahab's name came with her over to the New Testament. What she did in the Old Testament came to her in the New Testament. But God still used her in a mighty way. He's going to use her this morning, too. Hallelujah. Now, based on Abraham's experience and Rahab's encounter, faith is a choice. Faith is a choice that every believer has to make, whether or not they're going to believe God or they're not going to believe God. It's a choice. Pastor, I need, I need God to show me some signs from, from the you wonder. Oh, well, you, what, you might be waiting for a long time for some signs. But one thing I do know, if you know God, though, he's going to show you some signs, but you got to know what to look for. What sign are you talking about, Pastor Dahl? Every day he loaded me with benefits. Every day he loaded me with benefits. Oh, how you know, Pastor Dahl? Because every day I breathe, I know that must be from God. 
Everything I eat, that must be from God. Everything I got a roof over my head, that must be from God. Everything I got a sound mind, that must be from God. Lord, every day I think about Jesus, that must be from God. That can't be from no man. Man will have you thinking about them and wondering how you can please them. But I, I serve a God that knows me daily with benefits. Woo, how many know God knows you daily with benefits? Oh, you know, that's why we have something in common then. We have that in common that God loads us daily with benefits. You on your job, you on your business, you riding down uh, I-20 West, I'm going I-20 East, you going 78, I'm going on 27. But what unites us is God is loading us daily with benefits. Every day, you sitting at home, I'm riding benefits. God loves me enough to give us what? That's what is uniting us. But you got to choose to believe that. Because some people will say this thing, God ain't did nothing for me today. Boy, that's a scary place to be. God ain't did nothing for you today. Not one single thing for you today. Not one thing. You mean you walking around on your own? You breathing on your own? You you produce the oxygen in the air so you can breathe on your own? Oh, I need to see how you're doing that then. I need to see how you're cycling the oxygen around and you're producing your own oxygen. I need to see how you're doing that. I need to see how you're producing your own food. Most of us go to the grocery store or through a drive-thru or through a restaurant. Let's face it, we had to raise our own food. Some of us will be dead right now. Are literally starving to death. <laughs> now, one person that chose to believe God was Rahab. Rahab. Now, I want you, I don't write that much Bible. Go to Joshua chapter 2, verse 8. I want to give you something. I truly believe that if we follow it, it will be a blessing to our life. Now, I want to give you a little background before I get to Joshua 2 and 8. Joshua had told some spies to go spy the land. And when he told them to go spy the land, they got to the city. And I don't know if you know this. I'm, I'm not, I might not use the biblical term. I'm going to use the one I, you may be familiar with. Folks knows. They knows. They saw these people coming into town. And somehow they figured out they were spies. And you know how it was. This, they fastened the CNN, Facebook, and everybody else. Breaking news, y'all. We got spies in the land. And the spy, and they say, you know, where the spies going? They're going over to Rahab's house. And so they went over to Rahab's house, and some people told the soldiers that were looking for the spies, hey, they're over to Rahab's house. How you know? You know I know. And so they went over there. <laughs> they went over to Rahab's house. And when they got to Rahab's house, Rahab said, you know what? They went that way. And actually, she had took them on top of the roof and hid them out. All right. Now, the soldiers left, started taking off looking for the spies. And then we pick up here in verse 8 what happened. Now, I thought about this, and I want you to notice what I'm going to bring to your attention. Now, for they laid down, she came up to, to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Now, I want you to look here. And notice what Rahab knew, what she had learned, what she had heard, what she had perceived, and what was revealed to her. 
I want you to notice what she knew. She knew this. The Lord, had get, Lord has given you the land. The Lord has also did this. That Joshua chapter 2 verse 8. That the terror of the the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, for you came for when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shahon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Now, this is all that Rahab knew. She didn't have no long biblical de- uh, definition. She didn't have the book of Genesis, the book of uh, Exodus. She didn't have the book of Numbers. She didn't have nothing in the New Testament because it wasn't written yet. This is She had heard something. Y'all, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. That's why faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice this. She didn't hear a whole lot, but what she heard, she made a decision to believe. And see, this is what we need to be in. When we hear the word, it's been revealed to us, we need to make up a decision. I'm going to believe what's been spoken. I'm going to believe it because it's been revealed to me. I'm going to believe it because my prosperity is locked up in that word. Oh, I thank God for what she made up in her mind to believe. She said, I believe what they said. You ain't got to get it because we're coming back to this scripture, but I'm going to read a scripture to you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Walk means to progress, to conduct our life. And notice this definition. Make, excuse me, make due use of opportunities. Rahab had, a, had an opportunity brought before her. See, I believe, now this is my thinking about it. I believe when Rahab heard about what the children of Israel had done. She said, man, this is, this is something else, boy. This is a powerful army. People are running around me scared. But I don't know if she really knew she was going to have an, have an opportunity to put the word into action. And so when, it, when, when the spies came and they came to her house, and I always wonder how they came to her house, but that's for a different story, different day. They came to her house. And when they came, Rahab had an opportunity. Either she was going to hide them or she was going to turn them in. See, if she turned them in, she ain't got to worry about her family being killed. But if she hid them and people found out about it, her whole family could have been killed. Y'all follow me here? She had to make a decision. Do I believe God or do I, or do I go like everybody else is doing? Those people in the land were fearful. Y'all see the text? People in the land were fearful. Don't know sound familiar today? There are people around you right now that are fearful. They are fearful. They are walking around in fear. Boy, and then some of us said, I expect the world to walk in fear. But the church, we should not be walking in fear. Why? Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I know some people in the world are not even afraid of what's going on around us. Then we got people in the church. Oh, Lord, let me get out of that because that, that, that take me to another place. So she had an opportunity. So she, so she had this opportunity. Now, just like Abraham and Rahab, we have to make use of opportunities to obey God, even if it doesn't always look favorable from a natural perspective. 
Learn to obey God when the word is revealed to you. You ain't got to wait till your 22 sermon before you start obeying God. You don't have to wait till you get every sermon, everything lined up, every I dotted, every T crossed before you start doing it. When God reveals something to you, put the word into action. And Abraham, no, Abraham, Abraham was ready to put his son on the altar. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. I'm reading another scripture to you, Hebrews 11 and 6. You don't have to get it, I'm going to read it to you. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Please means to, to gratify God, Jesus in this case. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He pays the wage for those who diligently, who crave for him, who search for him, to seek out his will for their life. One thing you always must do is always seek the will of God. You cannot get relaxed in seeking the will of God. And let me say this before I go further. You got to learn how to seek him before the project, during the assignment, and, and, and after the assignment as well. You always got to seek God. Always got to seek God. Well, Pastor Bob, I did it, now I can relax. Yeah, you can relax in Jesus. Jesus took his disciples off the rest, but they was in the will of God when they rest. Some of y'all missed that. Let me break that down to you one more time. Even in they rest, they were still in the will of God. They didn't get, listen, they didn't go to their rest and say, I'm going to break me over the cold one. No, they didn't do nothing like that. They was stayed in the will of God. And what, let me say this to you. Our salvation, which is our deliverance, our peace, our protection, our prosperity, and so forth, has to be personal to us. We can't serve God. We can't serve because our parents served him, to please a spouse or a potential spouse, to impress our friends and so forth. It has to be a personal craving for more of Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus has to be personal. It has to be personal. One of the things I had to ask myself the question is, why do I love Jesus? Why do I love Jesus? See, you can, listen, you can go off what I tell you for a little while, but you got to know why you love Jesus. Yeah, I know that might be deep for you, but listen, you can come to church for a little while, but after a while, it's going to wear off after a while. You have to know for yourself why you come to church. You have to know for yourself why you love Jesus. You got to know that, you know, we know I love Jesus. Every day he protects me. Every day he protects me. Every day he has the blood of Jesus forgiving me of my sins. Every day he has goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. For I would, oh, good God Almighty. Every day he got goodness and mercy follow me. Every day he's got protection in my life. Every day he puts food on my table. Every day he gives me a roof over my head. Every day he gives me life, health, and strength. Every day he gives me, that's why I love him. I love him because he shed his blood back on Calvary. I love him because he did everything he did for me. And I, I didn't deserve it. Sometimes I walk throughout the day and I say, God, you, you are more merciful to me than I deserve. God, you are more merciful to me than I deserve. God, you are such a loving God and a good God. I don't deserve it, God, but you still do it for me. I say, God, you know what? I, I don't deserve what you give me. I don't deserve it, but I'm grateful for it. 
I'm grateful for. See, you got to have your own personal testimony. You can't live off my testimony. You got to know what Jesus has done for you. You got to know who, who showed up in the midnight hour. You got to know when you ride down the road and you put your car on the right side of the road, who did that for you. You got to know when you were hungry and provided bread for your table. You got to know who done that for you. You got to know that you got peace that passes all understanding. You got to know who done that for you. You can't go by my testimony. You got to know who Jesus is. Is yourself. I can't, do, I can't base uh, my relationship with Jesus off your relationship. It's good for a little while, but after a while, I'll be sitting by myself somewhere. I'll be sitting in the middle of the stove somewhere. I'll be sitting in the middle of the stove, and, I, and, and, and what keep me from going off? It, it got to be Jesus. It ain't going to be your testimony. I'm like, listen, they didn't do him like they did me. Let me get him can't do it like that. God, you got to know Jesus on a personal level. You got to know him on a personal level. Abraham, Abraham was going, notice what Abraham did. Abraham was going to please God despite how he, Bob though he mentioned Sarah in the text. He got ready to take his son Isaac, their son Isaac over. See, in my opinion, I'm not sure Sarah would have been okay and knowing that the son that she birthed late in life is going to be sacrificed on the altar. Look how y'all looking at me. I'm about, I'm about the son that she birthed in her age that she was. Not a young woman, according to scripture. And then she, uh, uh, her husband, no, he would ask her permission to do it. No, he told her, I'm going to go offer the son up. We're going to go offer a sacrifice. She didn't tell me who the sacrifice was. Can you imagine if Sarah would have known who the sacrifice was? Can you, uh, I put it like this. Can you imagine if that would have been one of these sisters in here at over, Overcomers Christian Son? I'm one of these good sisters up in here at OCC. If they would offer their son up. Listen, Pastor, I, 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 go, I heard you can offer my son up to the altar. Well, let's, let's talk first before you go. Let's talk before you go. I remember sometimes I barely could take my children out at one point in, point in life. <laughs> and then I always had to tell my wife where we're going to. And then she would say, like, don't carry my son or daughter over this person's house right here. I, I said, Lord, they careful, but. <laughs> well. <laughs> and can you imagine Sarah's response? Is she in a known that her son was getting ready to be carried off to be sacrificed? Boy, you know Abraham had to be a man of faith. But he had wisdom too. Some of y'all didn't get that, did you? He didn't tell her what he get ready to do. He had wisdom. Oh, we're going to go somewhere. And that's what they did. I'm also convinced... The Rahab's household would, have, would not have appreciated her putting them in harm's way to obey the spies' request to hide, to hide them. Especially when the king of Jericho sent folks knocking on the door asking for them because she knew, or she knew something was going to happen. Now, let's go back over. I know you're still there in Jeremiah, excuse me, in Joshua chapter 2. Let's go to verse 11. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone 
because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and the earth beneath. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord. Notice Rahab, how God had gave her insight, how God had gave her revelation. And look what she said. Since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. She made a deal, didn't she? She made a deal. I ain't mad with Rahab neither. I'm not mad with Rahab one bit. She made a deal, say that, and, and what basically what happened was, he said, everybody inside this house going to be saved. If they, if they leave the house, if they go somewhere else, it's they, their lives on their own. Let me tell you something. It's important where you at, y'all. It's important where you at. Well, I'm just going to go over here. Okay, keep going over there. Because if God provided safety in the house of God, you better stay in the house of God. If God provides you safety, protection, notice this, not just any protection, but divine protection. You better stay where divine protection is. Because you never know what's going to be popping off somewhere else. Rahab, like Abraham, believed the word of God. They were not afraid to act on God's word. They both believe in putting the word into action. Let's go to Matthew 17, 20. Matthew 17 and 20. So Jesus said to them, because, when you got unbelief, because you're unbelief, for surely I say to you, they have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Say means to speak, to tell, to command, to direct, to teach, to advise to this mountain. Move from here and there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. When you believe, and you say, and you speak, and you tell, you command, God will honor your request. Now let's go back over to James chapter 2 and verse 21. James chapter 2 and verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Justified, of course, we said earlier, rendered righteous as ought to be, just by works. The corresponding action, the corresponding action or the deed in accordance with or the accomplishment within the will. When he offered or cared or brought up or put Isaac, his son, on the altar. One of the things we need to understand about this particular text is it took his work. It took the word. Abraham was just because he carried Isaac, his son, to put him to the altar. And sometimes, let me say this to you, sometimes obeying God and operating faith is going to put you in an uncomfortable situation. It's going to put you in an uncomfortable situation. Obeying God is not always going to be in a situation where everything going to be nice and put in a boat. She had to offer, I mean, he had to offer his son. And this is what you need to understand. He couldn't offer a substitute neither. You got to offer what God tells you to offer. Remember when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he, 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 he was praying and he had great drops of blood. He couldn't sacrifice. He couldn't bring Peter or John or anybody else. He had to be the sacrifice to go to that altar. 
Isaac had to be the sacrifice. He couldn't bring one of his servants. He couldn't bring one of the people that worked for him. He couldn't even get a lamb or a goat. Eventually he did get one. But the thing is, he had to offer his son. It was not comfortable for Isaac to obey. But it was necessary. It was necessary. He, listen, it wasn't comfortable for Jesus to go to that cross. He knew what was getting ready to happen. But it listen, obeying God doesn't always make you comfortable. It wasn't comfortable for, I don't believe it was comfortable for Abraham. I don't believe it was comfortable for Jesus. And sometimes it's not going to be comfortable for you too. I got to obey God. It's tough to obey him sometimes. And, but you got to be an individual that's going to obey God. You can't, you can't substitute when God tells you to sacrifice certain things. You can't substitute a different son or a different situation. You got to do it like God tells you to do. And this one I, I wrote down, you got to be intentional about it too. You got to be intentional about it. You can't be saying, I'm going, I'm getting ready to do it. No, you got to learn how to do it. I'm getting ready to pray. No, you got to pray sometime. I'm getting ready to give. No, you got to give sometimes. I'm getting ready to do this, that, and the other. No, you got to do it sometimes. Quit saying, I'm getting ready to do something and go ahead and do it. You know, you can't substitute the tithes for giving a good offer. Tithes is a tithes. That's his bottom line. You take that 10%, that's what it is. You can't say, well, you know, I'm going through a hard week this week, God. Let me substitute something. Yeah, I know my tithes is a thousand this week, but I got this bill coming up. Let me substitute a hundred for it. Those that when Jesus' mindset, that was not Abraham's mindset, and Abraham was justified by faith. He did it the right way, despite what he had to go through. Isn't it amazing sometimes? Anytime we are hesitant in obeying God, we must ask ourselves the question, what's more important than Jesus? Anytime we get hesitant in obeying God, we got to ask ourselves the question, what's more important than Jesus? We cannot put family, careers, money, ambition, desires, relationship, friendship, and so forth before we put Jesus first. He got to be first. Yeah, I got a good career, but it's Jesus first. Yes, I got a good family, but it's Jesus the Lord over my family. Yes, do I got money? Yes, but is he the Lord of my money, or do I give him what I want him to have? Do you see what the text is saying to us this morning? See, it's obeying God don't always put you in a comfortable position. I have been in positions where I've had to take money that I thought I was going to do something else with, and I said, well, God, this is your money right here. This is your money. And guess what? I was blessed for it, too. You know what happened? I got better and better because I obeyed God. I got to obey God. See, now, let's go to verse 22. He says, do you see that faith, faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect? Do you see, can you discern, can you take note of, can, can it be known to you? Do you understand, Do you? can you see that faith, our trust, our confidence, our assurance, our belief, our conviction in the written and revealed word of God, it was, was listen, it was working 
It was working and it made us perfect, complete, accomplished, and look, accomplished. Nothing missing, nothing broken. See, in regards to faith was working together with words. And by words, faith was made perfect, complete, accomplished, and so forth. Faith and works, they work alongside one another. It's going to produce good in our lives. It's going to produce something good. Go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Notice what the scripture says. Being confident, being persuaded, assured, and trusting of this very thing, that he who has began, notice this, a good work. Everybody say good work. Somebody say it again. Good work. Notice he began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus is doing a good work in us, y'all. Jesus is doing a good work, you in the blue, in the black, in the green, in the yellow, in the orange. God is doing a good work in you. And you know what? It's a good work. Not a bad work. It's a good work. Sometimes God got to work some stuff out of us to get some stuff to us. Hallelujah. But he's doing a good work in us. Verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. In verse 24, you see the man is justified by works and not by faith only. He believed God. He, he, he said, what God is telling me is true. I got confidence in him. I trust Jesus able to aid in obtaining or doing something. And, and God said it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Let me say this to you. I don't think, I don't think he just started being a friend of God before that trial came. I mean, before the test came. I don't believe that. That's why it's important to take advantage of the opportunities to hear and apply the word before opportunities come your way. You got to apply the word. You, he was called the friend of God. But see, I believe he was a friend of God before he was asked to offer Isaac, his son, before the altar. Because if, if the devil would have came in offer, asked him to do that, I think he would have knew the difference. He would have knew the difference. And he would say, get behind me, Satan. But he knew that was God that told him to do what he did. And when he did it, we see that things worked out for his good. And, and many times, you're going to be in situations where you're obeying God and you're doing it by faith and you want it's going to work out for your good. But let me tell you something, according to the scripture, according to what happened to Abraham, what God is doing in you is going to be beneficial to you. It's going to be beneficial. How many know that your prayer life is better because of what God is doing in you? How many know your giving has made a difference in your life because of what God is doing in you? This God, he's working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I don't believe that Abraham would just start believing God. He was the friend of God before. Because believe me, if somebody tell me to offer my son, I'm going to check the source. Look how y'all looking at me. I know y'all don't give money to everybody to come your way and ask you for money, do you? You got to check the what? Source. You don't respond to every email that comes your way, I hope. You got to check the what? Source. You got to check the source. I mean, if God is your source, you're going to believe God despite what the naysayers say. 
Listen, you're not going to be like uh, the children of, excuse me, like the people that were in uh, where Rahab was at. You're not going to be walking around fearful. You know why? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Well, Pastor, my family's fearful. It don't matter. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Well, my home is, is they fit, they scared of my house. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Whatever it is, I'm sticking with Jesus. Because you know your source. You know your source. And when Jesus is your source, He's your source. You're not relying on other people. God may use other people, but God is your source. Abraham believed God. He was called the friend or the companion of God. And in verse 24, James did not exempt a friend from the powerful principle related to faith and words as noted in James 2 and 24. You see, the man is justified by words and not by faith only. This applies to us as well as those in that particular time. It's our lifestyle. Verse 25, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Notice she received, she was given or accepted the messengers, and she sent them another way that justified her. Now, Rahab was in a precarious situation for she had to believe God or else her family could have been harmed. She received the messengers and sent them another way, and it saved her household. Sometimes our faith, along with our words, can have an eternal effect on our household. You know you believe in God can save your brothers, save your sisters, save your nieces and nephews, save your daughters, save your son. Your faith can save your household. Thank God for God, for uh, Rahab, who believed God. That's why we don't put, listen, we don't take putting the word into action lightly. We don't take it lightly. Let's go to James 2 and 26. For James closed out today's text in James 2 and 26. As just as he did for Abraham and Rahab, he said, faith without works is dead. Faith, our confidence and our conviction in Christ and his word. Without the works, the corresponding action is Dead is non-responsive. Non-responsive. Abraham believed God and it saved his son who he thought he had to sacrifice. Abraham believed God and it saved his son. Rahab believed God and it saved her entire household. What about us? What can God do if we believe God and put works with it? Hallelujah. But this is what you need to understand. These examples and well as others, it did not start out good. It didn't start out good. Rahab thought she was going to lose her entire household. Her brothers, her sisters, her mother, and so forth. Abraham thought he was going to get ready to lose the promised son, which is Isaac. But it all worked out for the good. Can you see what happened in our lives when we're putting the word into action? It's going to work out for our good. When you start giving like you need to give, it's going to work out for your good. When you start praying like you need to pray, it's going to work out for your good. When you start treating others right, listen, they may not treat you right, but it's still going to work out for your good. Are you seeing that everything that Abraham and Rahab touch is going to work out for their good? 
And that, and it, it did God, he, listen, oh, thank you, Lord. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. If it did it for them, he'll do the same thing for you. Oh, isn't that good news today? Isn't it good news to know that God will do the same thing for you? You're going through a financial trial, but God said you keep on giving. It's going to work out for your good. You're being oppressed and depressed, but you keep pushing forward. It's going to work out for your good. You've been challenging your body, but you keep believing God that he is Jehovah Raha, the Lord by God that he lifted. It's going to work out for your good. Whatever you're dealing with, it's going to work out for your what? Oh, y'all don't think y'all heard me. It's going to work out for your what? It's going to work out for your what? One more time. Work out for your what? That's it. That's it. Go, look at my last scripture. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. I pray you're seeing this. I'm praying you're seeing that faith with works is going to bring good. It's going to bring good. And God is not just doing it for Abraham. He's not just doing it for Rahab. But he's doing it for the believers here in this church. He's doing it for every household that's represented here in this congregation. God is doing it. Listen, you got some stuff that you're dealing with right now. I believe by the Spirit of God, you're dealing with some stuff on your job. You're dealing with some, making some major decisions in your business, and you're wondering what you should do. And God is letting you know if you continue to put faith with works, what you're going to do is going to work out for your good. Woo-wee. Boy, that's something to get happy about right now. Why? Because it's working for my good. I don't know. Okay, let me go to Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. And we know that all things. Notice what he said. All things. You name it. He said all things. Well, Pastor, I, I got something going on. All things. 50%. All things. 75%. All things. 85%. All things. Challenging my body. All things. Financial challenges. All things. Whatever it is, all things are what? Working together. You see that right there? Just like faith and works work together, all things are working together for our good. Beneficial. It's beneficial to us. It's useful to us. It's going to bring joy and to cause us to be happy. For those who or call according to his purpose. Faith and works is going to produce good. Everybody see it? I prayed you got it. Did you get it? All right. Do I need to keep on teaching or y'all got it? All right. Praise God. Stand in faith. Glory to God. Amen. Faith and works produces good. Faith and works produces good. Let's give Jesus a hand of praise for his word. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. 
We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.